Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 4 of season 6, my US road trip part 2. In this season, I kick things off with two weeks in New Orleans. There, I head to a couple of competitions and spend some time hanging out with the who's who of Southern Barbecue. From there, it's up to Kansas City for four days of Barbecue Nirvana at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's Annual Conference and Excellence Awards. The final two weeks of the journey see us heading to Arkansas for some R&R, including bass fishing, monster trucks, a state cook-off association competition, an AK-47, and a brush with a tornado. And of course, you're coming with me. In this episode, I jump back in my Chevy and head across the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway again to head up to Covington, about an hour northish of New Orleans. If you've been watching my videos for a while, you will have seen me using a bunch of Grill Beast gear. Well, in this episode, I meet with Dave Johnson, founder and owner of Grill Beast. Grill Beast is what happens when a career marketing guy is also a barbecue fanatic. Dave's social media marketing techniques are so refined that he's built a following on Facebook of over 200,000 followers, a Facebook group of almost 40,000, and another 30,000 followers over on Instagram. In this episode, I get the history of Grill Beast and then take a deep dive into how to master social media to skyrocket your sales. This was a great interview and it went so well that Dave even invited my family to come back to his home the following Sunday to be part of his Feast with the Beast online TV show. There we had a huge cook-up of traditional Louisiana crawfish and of course, some Bloody Marys. Before we get into it, I'd like to let you know about our beautiful Hail Mary hoodie. Thick and warm with a pocket in the front, the Hail Mary hoodies are black like all smart barbecue merch and features the original SHC logo on the front and the spectacular Hail Mary logo on the back. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com shop to check it out. I'd also like to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. So without further ado, grab yourself a pile of fresh-boiled crawfish and a jug of Bloody Marys and join me as I learn how to master social media marketing. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who've even traveled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, they are also producing incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinet smokers and some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever gonna see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work, ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfired.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfired.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Folks, I'm so excited. I've been watching the videos online for a long time now, and I'm actually sitting in the backyard of Dave from Grill Beast. This is the backyard where he shoots all those videos that you've seen all over social media, and it is just a thrill to be here, man. Thanks for bringing me into your home, and thanks for being a part of the show. No, thanks for coming here, man. I've been really looking forward to this ever since you said you were coming to the U.S. Yeah, well, we've been chatting back and forth for, what, three or four years now, so yeah. it's uh, it, it's great to be able to finally meet up in person. No, right, yeah, because I think you got some of our Beast Tools probably three years ago. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Not, I can't remember which ones, probably the barbecue gloves, beast armor, and I think an injector. I don't it, know. it was the beast kit at the time. So it was, oh, um, yeah. it was gloves, it was claws, it was a thermometer and there was a four, oh, the, uh, the injector. The injector. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now we have still still use them all. Cool. Like I'm still using the same pair of gloves three cool. years later. Awesome. They're awesome. so good. Yeah. That's that's what we do, man. Yeah. 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 So yeah, now we're up to uh, ten items. Oh no, 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 no. Twelve. Thirteen. Just got the thirteenth. Oh wow. Yeah. Thirteen uh, products. So, tell us the range. What do you got? Okay. So uh, the first product was our beast injector. The second was our beastometer. Third was our beast armor. Uh, fourth was our beast claws. And then uh, we did a beastly barbecue set, which was uh, a beast shovel, tongs, sauce mop, then a hook, a pigtail meat hook, um, a beer can chicken roaster, uh, barbecue skewers. Now we have grow mats, grow mesh, and a grow brush. That's so cool. <laughs> I can't believe it's that many tools already. Yeah, yeah. But it's been five years. So, um, and so now we're getting actually to where we're only going to do like maybe two tools a year and then maybe some um, smaller items like a meat press. You know, that's not like a regular grilling tool, but it's stuff that people ask for. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not, we know we're not going to sell a bunch of those. So that'd be like small. Small order stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, almost seasonal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, cool. All right. So the first question that I always like to ask everybody <coughs> is what was the last thing that you barbecued? <laughs> the last thing I barbecued was um, gator tail. Gator tail. A whole gator tail. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Tell us how you went about doing that. So um, because I started an exotic foods business, um, so now almost everything I barbecue uh, on the videos is going to be foods that I sell. Um, I wanted to show people that they can have the excitement of uh, a gator without getting like gator chunks or a gator tenderloin. They can have like a whole gator tail and, and kind of ex have an exciting experience with their, um, with their family or their friends and not have to get a whole gator, you know, so... I had, it's like a four foot gator tail. Wow. So, and, it, and it would fit in the smoker right here with ease. The the pit boss pellet grill there. Yeah. So. So what do you season a gator tail with? So uh, the gator tail, I soaked it in buttermilk for 24 hours and then I wrapped it in bacon. And then I just put a little bit of seasoning with the bacon and it was set. Sounds so good. And that's really all you have to do. And, you, and really the main reason to wrap gator with bacon is because it has no fat. So the fat on gator is on the outside of the meat. Subcutaneous. Between yeah, yeah. the skin and the, the meat. So when they skin it, they defat it is what they call it. Right. And then you're with meat, which is awesome. And um, so you need to have that bacon to keep it moist. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so what's the uh, the, the alligator flavor like? Is it, similar, is it more similar to chicken or fish or... Um, is, it, is it its own unique thing like a like game, yeah. like deer or... So... So a lot of people say it tastes like chicken. I don't think it tastes like chicken. I think the, the texture is kind of like chicken. Um, but it, it, I just say it tastes like gator. <laughs> like it doesn't have a fishy smell. But if you put it in a, uh, a plastic container and you seal it up, like without the butter, you just have the meat in there and then you open it, you can get a hint of the fishiness. Oh, okay. That's the only time I've ever smelt fishiness in a uh, gator. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was too. Yeah, yeah, because I we did a swamp tour there just a just a few days uh, yesterday I think okay. it was, and um, yeah the the swampy sort of water is quite murky and mm -hmm. in Australia if you pull fish out of murky water you tend to get that murky water taste right kind of a muddy taste so that's that's interesting to know that the gators are coming out of that muddy kind of water but don't have that taste that's no, curious no no they definitely don't have that taste at all so wow. Now, you just mentioned the, the Pit Boss pellet grill there. Can you give us a rundown of all the different cookers you got out in the, in the yard here? Okay. So uh, I have a Weber. I think everybody should have a Weber. So um, it's always tried and true. No matter what, you can always use it. And that's not just a Weber kettle. That's like a, a performer tabletop. That's yeah. like the, the bee's knees yeah. of Weber kettles. Yeah, it is nice. It is, now, now they have that, that great big one. Uh, the, um, the Summit Charcoal. Yeah, that thing is nice. I wouldn't mind snagging one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a Barrel House vertical cooker. Um, what I like about that is it's not just a barrel. Um, it, it actually separates from where the charcoal is. So if you have to mess around with your charcoal or anything like that, you can separate it and you don't have to take your food out. Um, 
Then I have a Blackstone, a 36-inch. Um, I love that thing. <laughs> Biggest thing we do in there is smash burger, stuff like that. And then I have my uh, my Camp Chef, um, just burners. And then uh, the Pit Boss. And I think that's the 820. Oh, yep. Yeah. So, um, and that's it. And uh, I've been using a Pit Boss. I, w- I hadn't used a pellet smoker until last December. Now, that's the biggest thing I use. Wow. Yeah, it's so convenient. That's that's interesting, yeah, because, um, I mean, just even 12 months ago, pellet was a dirty word in Australia. Now everybody's moving towards yeah. them. Yeah. So I, I think this uh, the pellet grills and gateway drums might be the new trend. Yeah. Yeah, Now you're still going to have hardcore people that if you're not cooking with wood or charcoal, you're not doing anything. But for me, as long as you're cooking outside, it's it's all good. Yeah. You know, you're enjoying yourself. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's what it's all about. Even if it's a gas grill, I don't care. You know, but I don't have a gas grill. I almost bought one, but this thing is actually really nice. It has a plate that slides uh, so the fire can come up and sear meat. Oh, right. And then you can slide the plate back over and it's a smoker again. Oh, wow. Really cool. That'd be really handy for like uh, reverse searing big tomahawk steaks or something. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. You can, put it, you can put it, whatever you're cooking in there, right? You just... You can have things off to the sides, and whatever you want to sear, you just slide that plate, and it's just over the top of the fire pot. And you can sear your steak and get it all ready, and it's very nice. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's making me hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your history, man. How did you get into barbecue? <clears throat> well, barbecue business or barbecue? Uh, just Let's just start with barbecue, and then we'll get into the business. So, later. I mean, I guess probably the same way everybody else gets into barbecue. You know, they grew up with it. I mean, we did. We didn't do it all the time, but we did it like um, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, you know, all those kind of things. The big ones, yeah. Yeah. Now, that was that was a long time ago. That's 40 <laughs> years ago. Um, now, barbecue has grown. You know what I mean? You don't just do it on special occasions anymore. You do it. It's a lifestyle now, mm. you know? So, what I noticed, like, I'd go to people's houses and I'd see their grill and it would be unused. Okay. And dusty so and cobwebs and they yeah. just wouldn't use it. It's because they didn't know how to grill. They didn't, if they did do it, it was when there was no company over. Right. So it wasn't, so in some people's houses, they have a nice grill, but they don't use it because they're embarrassed. They can't cook on it. So that's what got me interested into the business part. I was like, well, how can, how can you change that? And so the way to change that is just to educate people. So, and then I said, okay, well, I've always been an entrepreneur. So, it was just, I was kind of at a spot where I was ready to start another business. I said, well, there it is. I want to start another barbecue business or start a barbecue business. And then after I started it, I, I came up with a bunch of ideas on, well, how can I teach people how to do stuff? And it's not that I'm a big pro at it, but I'm just not scared to try stuff. And and you, you bring, you know, you bring people in that really know what they're doing. So then we started our group and the group grew really fast. And so now we're able to go in and teach people how to cook. So yeah. good. Fantastic. Now, we just mentioned um, gator tail there before. Mm-hmm. Is that the most exotic thing that you've ever barbecued? I've barbecued octopus. That is probably, well, uh, no. I think it was, a, it was a deer heart. I'm pretty sure it was deer heart or it was a buffalo heart. I can't remember which one. And it wasn't me barbecuing it. I was at a friend's house and he did it and then we ate it. But um, so I don't know if you'd put that in the exotic or not, but if octopus is probably the most exotic uh, aside from the heart. Okay. And did you low and slow that or did you uh, hot and fast grill it? So with, <clears throat> with octopus, you have to boil it first for like an hour and then you take it out and you can cut it and you can grill it. And oh, you do okay. that hot and fast. Yeah. Yeah. Curious. What does the boiling do? It tenderizes it. Okay. Because it's it's kind of rubbery. Like if you don't do that, it's going to be tough and rubbery. Yeah. And so you have to do that to get that out of it. Ah, oh, interesting. Do you do anything like put vinegar in it to help break down anything? Or no, no, no. just plain water. No. And I've only done that once so far. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not a pro at it, but I did have. But that one time it worked really well. <laughs> it did. Well, I had a guy that was teaching me, and this guy who one chopped, Gavin Job. And he actually came here and did a show with me. Oh, right. And um, and he showed me the whole process. So if, when next time I do it, I'm just going to go back to the video, refresh my memory, and do it again. 
Yeah, so good. That that that's the beauty of this whole sort of social media video oh, thing yeah. is you, you basically create your own library of resources. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, heaps good. So, given that you run a barbecue business, and it's like we're literally sitting in your backyard now, so you're running the business from home. Right. What is it about barbecue that keeps you coming back in day like day in day out? It's the people. <laughs> I'm telling you, I get emails almost daily from customers saying how much they like to show, how much they learn, how much they like the tools, and just things like that. Really, like even in frustrating days, I get those emails and they just keep you motivated. The the, the energy and the feedback oh, kind yeah. of turns it around oh, yeah. for you. It really does. I, I, I had a 45-minute conversation with a guy in Texas yesterday, <laughs> and it was all about like just how he watches the show every week. And he, he just bought some of our tools and all this kind of stuff. And he wanted me, he wanted to send me a picture of his smoker and he didn't know how to do it. So he called me up and said, Hey, can I, can I send you a picture? So it was really cool, you know? So, so tell me about the show. You just said that you do it every week. What sort of things do you do? Okay. So, uh, we started, I think we're on episode 64 or 65 now. And the whole idea behind it, like you can go to YouTube and you can see how to cook brisket and shoulders and butts and ribs and all that. That's kind of like what everybody always shows people to do. So I was like, well, everybody, there's so much information about that. What isn't their information about? And it's how to grill like hors d'oeuvres, appetizers, small things. And so that's what we try to focus on. Sometimes we get into bigger stuff, but usually we focus on small type foods um, that you can cook on a grill because people don't realize if you can cook it in the stove or the oven, you can cook it on a grill. Mm. I mean, I've even, ha I've had people say, oh, well, you can't cook that on a grill. You can only do that in the oven. That's not true. <laughs> there's no reason why. There is no difference. No. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we do. And then it gives people other ideas and it's like, they're not my recipes. I'm not like a genius that comes up with recipes. I, I can't do that. I can follow a recipe. Yeah. So that's what I do. I follow recipes. Sometimes I change it. Sometimes I don't. And, uh, I just go on and rock it out. Sometimes I rock it out. Sometimes I screw it up. <laughs> it's live. And it's all live. Yeah, It's yeah. all live. You can't edit it out. I've caught my grill on fire. I've caught that Weber on fire probably three times <laughs> on the show. Um, I have a, a Rectech bullseye over there that's caught on fire twice. <laughs> so I have that thing parked over there because of that. So Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's away from the main house here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So there's always a fire extinguisher handy when you're doing a show. Right oh yeah, there. yep, yep. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had to pull that out yet, though. Been, I um, pretty fortunate. I was uh, I I wasn't doing a show or anything. I was just trying to cook some uh, something on the gas grill out on the front balcony at home. And my house is an old Queenslander house, so it's right. a it's a stilted house, right? Wood framed, wood panelled. It's from like nineteen forties, nineteen fifties. And I decided <coughs> I was going to uh, do some pork crackling. It was a hot day, so I set it out in the gas grill. Did, I did all the responsible things. I put the tray underneath it to catch the fat as it dripped right. out so it wouldn't drip down onto the burners. And what happened was once the, the, the pit hit a certain temperature, the grease lining the inside of the, of the <laughs> lid caught fire and the whole thing went woof up in the air with, a, oh with a, like, like a gas bottle the size of that nine kilo gas bottle oh over there gosh. just sort of off to the side. So I've reached in, turned off the gas, lifted up the lid, and the fire just went woof. It was like licking it about all a, that it was it was like a foot off the off wow. the uh, ceiling of the uh, of the balcony. My wife runs in, grabs a fire extinguisher, comes out, hands it to me, and I'm just hosing this thing down with with foam. Wow. And she she's like shut the door to like hide inside, but of course, very responsibly took her phone out and like took, <laughs> took a bunch of picture, a bunch of pictures on the phone and put them up on Facebook. And so there I am with a with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> I'll that's say, yeah, hilarious. Thanks, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's documented. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was I was having a discussion online on on Facebook with someone about how like I I don't care what what people cook on you know if they cook on pellets or gas or and someone was going on like about gas and how gas isn't real barbecue and I I just wrote back and I said I have no problem with with gas barbecues right. and someone else found that photo saved it to their phone, <laughs> re-upped it back in the comments and said, are you sure you have no problem with gas grills? That is I was funny. like, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> no, no, as long as you're cooking outside and it doesn't matter what you're cooking on. Sometimes we cook out there on that fire pit. I got oh, a, I, I love yep. like open fire pit Hell cooking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So good, yeah. 
So what's the um, what's the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome with with Grill Beast? Ooh, the biggest challenge is um, I'll tell you this: building a brand is expensive. <laughs> so keeping the cash in building the brand has has been the biggest challenge. But you know, you just keep forward and put it all back in. So um, uh, some of the things um, that I've had to figure out um, because I've always been, I've, this is the first physical product business I ever did. All the other businesses were service related. And so when you're developing products, it's a whole different ball game. And when you're dealing with factories, if they even think that you're a little, you got any wiggle room on quality, they'll give you, they'll take like a foot of wiggle room. Mm. So once you figure that out, uh, you can be, you got to be a hard ass. Um, and then you also have to think about every single thing that can go wrong. And that's a challenge because sometimes you don't know. Like our first run of the beast impalers, the skewers. Yep. I trashed them. Oh, really? I, um, I, uh, we got the, <laughs> we got the shipment and the guy that worked for me, we were doing a video and he takes them and he bends them in half. And he goes, they're not very beastly, are they? And I just put my hands on my head. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't I not do that? But, you know, it's a lesson learned. So all those went to the dump. Right. <laughs> That's a big shipment too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't. We actually started selling them. And then I contacted everybody. I said, look, we're going to have brand new ones. And they all got brand new ones for free. Oh, cool. So um, that is probably the biggest challenge is just, kind of keeping up with that kind of stuff, especially when you come up with a new product. But every time you come up with a new product and uh, you you figure out what, what you have to look out for and and you have to be very specific on on your uh, on your uh, specs. So anyway, that's that's pretty much the, the biggest learning curve for me. And so are you dealing with, with factories um, like local to America or are you? Uh, no, we've tried to f uh, do factories in the U.S., but... I can't find a factory that makes what we do. Yeah. Um, but I do, I mean, I've been dealing in China for five years now, so I have a pretty good network of factories. I've been there once. I spent 12 days and I've visited the factories. So, and I've learned that how to tell if it's a good factory, you know, if, if, if the government wants nothing to do with that factory, you don't want anything to do with that factory. Okay. Because you know, the government, if, if they're helping run that factory or they're involved, they're making them, um, they're holding them accountable. Yep. So, uh, so that helps, but that's not everything. Cause sometimes you can find that and still, you still have to make sure they don't cut corners. Yeah. yeah. And they'll try, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta be on top of it. So you got you got language barrier issues there. You got time zone differences, all those yeah. sort of things you got to try. Yeah. And so I'm up late at night anytime I got to deal with uh, products or, or or talking to anybody in China. Yeah. Um, but they they keep people staffed that speak really good English. Yep. You know. So uh, and everything's done over Skype. <laughs> so really. Yep. Everything. That's interesting. I'd I'd heard that Skype was outlawed in uh, in China. No, they use Skype all over. That's how they that's how they do business. Interesting. Yep. And they they do WhatsApp too. I think it's WhatsApp. Yep. Yeah, I think that. But um, I mean, I've been every time I contact a new factory, we talk on Skype. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We had some um, we had some uh, people come out and visit us from China. Um, there are Americans working in in uh, in yep. an embassy there. Yeah. And uh, they came over to stay in our Airbnb that we run. Uh, it's okay. a, another side business that we have. And uh, they were saying that um, because they were Mormon, they weren't allowed to practice their faith. So they would all get together on Skype and they had to use VPNs in order to, to be able to use Skype in China. And wow. they would have online services in their own homes because they weren't allowed to gather together. Right. They, they would have to use... Um, yeah, use Skype to to do their sermons and their services. That's interesting. Separately, but together. Yeah, that's interesting. I have had nobody say anything that they couldn't use Skype. Okay. Um, there's been times where Skype acted funny, and they were like, "Yeah, that's the government." 
they're listening. Listening. <laughs> That's what, yep, exactly. <laughs> now I know um, when you're transferring files back and forth, um, sometimes they're large files, and you got to figure out like Skype can't handle it because the connection is too slow. In the past, they haven't been able to pull things out of Dropbox, but now <laughs> they're still not allowed to. But they they have an app that helps them do it. Uh, interesting. So, because Dropbox is owned by Microsoft, and Microsoft is an American company. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So then, what's been your biggest success with Grillbeast? Um, I would say, let me see. The biggest success with Grillbeast would be between pulling a community together um, that really is kind of like a family. I don't know if you ever go into Grillbeast VIP, but it really is very family oriented. Um, it's not just about barbecue. Nobody bashes anybody in there. Uh, people actually talk about like personal things a little bit. We try to keep that not too, so it doesn't get too crazy, but um, people go in there and kind of vent, you know, and you don't get that in any other group. Mm. Um, but that's more like on a personal side, personal mix in in the business. Um, I guess, dude, I, I don't know, man, other than, I mean, it's been five years. <laughs> You know, and, and we have 13 products. Um, we're building a brand. You know, we're, we're trying to get into retail now. So um, I don't want to, I don't like, um, you know, we're not there yet. So. So the, the, the biggest successes are yet to come. Yeah, that's definitely, that's well, a definite way to put given it. The, given the rate of growth that I've seen the last couple of years, man, it, it can't be that far away. That, that no, day is coming. No, right. Now we're just grinding down even more. Yeah, 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 because we know it's close. Oh, heaps good, heaps good. Now you just mentioned the the thirteen products again. How do you decide which products oh, to add to your lineup? That's a good that's a good thing. So, and that was a learning curve too, because the way I looked at it at the beginning was what tools do I need? Do I want? And do and what tools have I had that I thought should be improved? That's how I did it. But then. Um, Somebody told me something uh, probably two years ago, and it said, nobody cares what you think. Okay, so what that means is <laughs> it's not what I want. It's what the customers want. Yeah, yeah. So because we have that group, we can do polls and kind of see what products people are looking for. Mm. And so that's how we kind of gauge, you know, should we do a product or shouldn't we? Yep. Um, one of our new products is a product that I actually did not do for a couple of years <laughs> because I was like, I'm not doing that. And then I found out a lot of people in our group wanted that product. Yep. And then after I did the product, I actually used the product. I mean, it's not just using it just to use it. I actually, it comes in handy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right. So, uh, so I kind of learned something from the group. So good, man. Which, which product was that? The grilling mats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, when you say the the grilling mats, are they the like the the silicon type one? Uh, not not silicon. Um, uh, the thin black material yes. that you lay out over the grill and then yep. you cook on that, so you don't yep. have to clean the grill. Yep. So there's some products or some foods that you can't cook on the grill. You can't cook on like grilling screen. Yep. And you need that solid surface. Yep. So, um, you know, like I did crab cakes the other night on the grill. Yep. And I needed the mats. Yep. Um. Uh, one of our foods that we sell f with Grillby's Foods is boudin. Now, with boudin. I love boudin. So uh, good. No, oh, this boudin is outrageous. <laughs> so with this boudin, uh, if you take and slice it out of the uh, casing and you make like a patty, like a hamburger patty. Yeah. And you grill that. Oh, it gets crispy on the outside. And oh, it's so delicious. Stuff it. <laughs> and so the grilling mats come in handy for that. You yeah, know, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that you can do that you need those mats for. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. Ah, oh, nice, nice. And so tell me what's coming up in the, in the future. Wow. So as far as products, um, so we're looking at a grilling light. Uh, we just came out with a grill brush. Um, the grilling light, uh, and we're changing our roaster. We're making an improvement to it. So that's something that's going to come out in a few months, probably. But those are probably the only two things we're going to do this year with new products. Other than that, we're just um, building the brand. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of work taking and in, in, in putting together a product. It's a ton of work.
ton of late nights talking to China and all that kind of stuff. Um, so without doing too many projects like that, I can put more time into videos and, and whatever I got to do on my daily routine. This is Alfio from the Bass Brothers Barbecue, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Founded in 2016, the family-owned Fired Up Barbecue is the barbecue caterer you've been looking for. This is American-style barbecue at its best. All meats are smoked in a traditional wood-fired offset smoker. This ensures only the most authentic barbecue experience for your festival, wedding, birthday party, or corporate event. With one of the most impressive trailer smokers on the road today, Bob and his team are based in Sydney but have been spotted as far afield as the Gold Coast, Melbourne or even Adelaide. In fact, their barbecue was hugely popular at both Sydney and Melbourne meat stocks. In addition to private catering, Bob also offers a barbecue school. This great fun half-day course is suitable for beginners through to intermediate level barbecuers and includes an all-you-can-eat barbecue lunch. It is perfect for corporate team building events or as a special gift for that special someone. To find out more and book Fired Up Barbecue for your next event, head on over to firedupbarbecue.com.au. That's firedupbbq.com.au. So Dave, looking at the socials, Grill Beast has 208,000 followers on Facebook at the moment. That is just phenomenal. The group you mentioned earlier has 36,000 members in it. And over on Instagram, you've got another 28,000 followers. I mean, so in this segment, I'd, I'd really like to drill down into using social media to promote um, barbecue businesses. How does that sound? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So could you tell us about your background with marketing? Like, were you an ad man before you moved into barbecue? How did, like, what was... Uh... So um, <clears throat> in 2002, um, I started a business and it was called Captain Satellite. Um, and what I was a dish network retailer and it was up in Boston and I was doing everything old school way, knocking on doors, handing out flyers, everything. Nobody would buy a satellite system for me and they were free. Wow. I couldn't give them away. <laughs> and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And so I started a website, captainsatellite.com. And so I started selling and all I was doing is SEO. And, um, like I didn't really know much about paid ads. And at that time, AdWords just started. Right. Um, so I dabbled in that a little bit and it was fine. Um, but it wasn't long before the big boys got involved. And once they did that, they just drove the prices so high I couldn't afford it. Yeah. yeah. So I got really good at SEO and, um, I was getting tons of business in and, um, um, but I still wasn't making any money. <laughs> and so I ended up, I was like, all right, I got to shut it down. And then I discovered affiliate marketing. And so oh, there were wow. other satellite companies out there that were paying for leads. I was yep. like, wow, that's pretty cool. And they were paying 50 bucks. And so I was like, well, I already have these customers that are still coming in every day. Now I don't have to do anything except for pass that customer on to somebody and I'll get 50 bucks. And since I was really good at SEO, I just concentrated on that. And I was doing better than all those companies in SEO. And I was up there, so Dish Network website, and then Captain Satellite was right under. Nice. And then I got into DirecTV, and the same thing: DirecTV, Captain Satellite. And then I just started getting offers. Well, we'll give you seventy-five. We'll give you a hundred. We'll give you one hundred twenty-five. Really? All the way up to two hundred bucks. Company, no. Company called Red Ventures. Um, I started dealing exclusively with them. Yeah. And um, it just rocked it out, man. Wow. And then in 2008, I sold all that and took a couple years off and tried to figure out what I was doing and um, got into supplements. That didn't go well. Okay. <laughs> and then I got into uh, barbecue stuff. Yeah, right. And so now it's, you know, back in 2002 to 2008, you know, really wasn't any social marketing going on. Nah. Um, and so now it's a different day. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really want to learn SEO again because it's changed. Mm. Um, what am I going to do? And so anybody can build a brand now. You don't have to have millions and millions of dollars. You have, all you got to do is grab attention and keep it. And so that's what I practiced on. And we've all literally got everything we need in our pockets on our, on our smartphones. It's outrageous. I have video cameras. I've had all kinds of stuff. And I go back to, I just use my phone. Yeah. You know, the phone and the iPad. 
Yeah. And yeah. I have some lights if it's dark or whatever, but, and I have, I do have a lavalier, a nice sound, but I don't even use that anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you just use the built-in mic on the, on the phone? Yeah, that's it. Wow. It, just, it picks it up so good. Yeah. So why do you think it is that um, social media works so well with barbecue? Oh, man. Barbecue has gotten so um, popular because of the pellet grills. Because a few years ago, um, I'd say, let's say five years ago, uh, you could take people that are really busy. They were unable to come home and just barbecue because you got to start the charcoal or the wood and all that. It's it, There's work to it and you're tired. Mm. With pellet grills, you just turn it on and put the food on. That's it. So people that couldn't grill before can do it now. And I mean, social media, it's all based on kind of like um, uh, the live TV shows, whatever, whatever some of those are, you know? And so now people like to show what they're doing with their daily lives. And then other people are interested, just like uh, reality TV. But this is, you have your own re reality TV show. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. And so um, everybody wants to show off their food and everybody wants to learn how to cook better. So that's, I mean, I guess that's why it's gotten more popular. And so, yeah, social media really provides that window into, into your life, into my oh, yeah. life, into... Yeah, and we all we're all just a touch voyeuristic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you know, and then some people when they see other people do it, then they'll be less scared to show what they're doing at home too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's one thing to turn on the television and watch, you know, seasoned pros on barbecue pitmasters do it. Right. It's something else to open up your cell phone and see, you know, Mick from down the street. Yeah. Doing right. what you want to do in his backyard. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'll if he can do it, I can too. do it. That's yeah, right. yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So let's start with Facebook then. How can how can people build a Facebook page with with large followings? What what tips would you have for? Because I mean, you got two hundred eight thousand followers so on Facebook. The That's biggest the biggest phenomenal. thing with all of them is just to be yourself. So I know I, I know lots of people have heard other people say, "Oh, I want to be like that person." That's not how you get popular on, on any uh, social media. You have to be like yourself. Yeah. Because people don't want to see somebody like, like nobody wants to go see somebody like Michael Jordan. Nah. You know what I mean? There's only one Michael Jordan. So yeah, yeah. there's only one you. You just got to let your personality come through. Yeah. So that's that's really it. And just be consistent. Um, like I do everything live. I don't do, I used to do some recorded stuff, but now it's everything is live. And so if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But that shows people that, you know, if you screw it up, it's okay, you know. Yeah, interesting. And what was the mental process like, like switching from pre-recorded to live? Oh, my God. <clears throat> Video in itself was, uh, it was horrible. <laughs> so when I first started doing even recorded videos, nobody could even be home. Like oh, Everybody really? had to leave the house, go somewhere. Was that because you were so stressed out they, they didn't want to be around you? Or was that because you were kicking them out because they were too noisy? No, because I was, didn't want nobody to see me or hear me. <laughs> I mean, because I'd have to go out there and I'd kind of have to put on a show, right? Yeah. And I was very shy. And so the only way I could do it is to do it by myself. Um, and so, but after a while I got used to, you know, I let people stay at home. They had to stay out of the backyard. And then after a while, was, you know, my daughters, they'd sit beside me. And, and I just got comfortable. Now it doesn't matter. I'm just so used to it. I've done probably a few hundred videos. So, you know, you get comfortable after a while. Yeah, the, the confidence builds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's not that I always have something to say, but it, it doesn't bother me as much if I don't have something. You know what I mean? Messing up doesn't embarrass me. Yeah. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing to overcome. That's yeah. what everybody's afraid of is just being embarrassed. Yeah. You know, you don't say the right thing or you catch the grill on fire <laughs> or something like that, you know, and they think they're going to be ridiculed or laughed at. And, you know, in some, you, you might be, but it's okay, you know, but yeah, that's, that's probably the big thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then adding, and then, yeah, making that transition from pre-recorded to live as well, that, that adds another level of, uh. Yeah, yeah, of stress to it, right? Because um, I started doing a little bit of live stuff. 
Um, and it helped if some, so once I got comfortable where somebody around, that's when I started doing lives. Um, and, and I had somebody there that could help kind of go back with the conversation and that helped a lot. Um, and if you have that, that, that helps a tremendous amount. Um, and then I hired somebody who was good at editing videos. And so we got into doing a lot of recorded content, um, and hardly any live stuff. But then when I moved here a year and a half ago, it just, I was like, we're doing, doing anything recorded anymore. It's all live. And so, so now it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that, that would save on production costs and. Oh yeah. We don't edit anything. As well. <laughs> we don't, yeah. you know, like we'll use, we'll reuse the content that we go live with. Yeah. Um, and we really don't edit that either. Okay. Yeah. So um, we might cut off a little bit at the beginning, maybe kind of depends and sometimes a little bit at the end because sometimes on a live feed if I have a bunch of people asking questions I'll just sit in front of the camera and just talk yep so we might have to trim some of that off sure yeah yeah but the actual meat of the of the presentation is untouched it's untouched right cool so authenticity consistency yeah nice those two things yeah yeah that's it Mm. So let's so let's talk about the group then. You've you've mentioned how good the group is. It's a real sort of family environment. It's a big family, man. You got thirty six thousand members in that family. Yeah. How important is it for a brand to have their own group? So um, I guess it depends on who you talk to with that. Because I mean, uh, the bigger brands they don't have a group. I mean, I think in the long run, it's going to be important for brands to have a group. Um, I mean, so I don't know if I'm right on that yet. I mean, five years from now, I might find out, hey, I did a great thing. Or five years from now, there might not be a group. Who knows? Mm. I mean, you know how fast things change on the internet. Yeah. I mean, especially with social media. Who knows if Facebook's even going to be there? Well, yeah. Right? There might be something new. Yeah. You know, like right now, Instagram's probably more popular than Facebook. Mm. So, and then you have Snapchat with the young people. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Are you on Snapchat? I'm on Snapchat. <clears throat> I just don't know how to Snapchat. <laughs> so when, it, when Snapchat was new, um, it was very easy. And um, my stepdaughter was in college and she turned us on to Snapchat. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then it got complicated really fast. Yeah. Um, now, young people, they, you know, I got young daughters. They just, they know what to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I need somebody who I can hire that can do Snapchat. That's that's the only way to do that one. Right. Yeah, I I haven't got my head around Snapchat yet either. Yeah, I, I um I I've started looking into it and it was like you send you, you you post something, it can only be a couple of seconds long and it's gonna disappear after a, like a very small number of right. like a very small amount of time. And I'm like I tell you how, what why? I know <laughs> I know um People who, uh, it's a different type of business. They do entire presentations on Snapchat. It's just one scene to the next. Okay. They're just like little scenes. Right. And, um, I mean, I could do that, but, I mean, I'm already doing Snap, I mean, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Sort of doing YouTube, uh, not doing that like we should. Um, that's enough That's enough for one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we do Twitter, but I don't do Twitter the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I um. Some people seem to be just killing it on on Twitter. Yeah, I'd, and then other people like myself. I I I do post on Twitter, but it doesn't seem to go nearly as well as it does on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, it's because we're not doing it right. Mm. There's 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 certain content that you put on Twitter that you don't use other places, and if you do put content on Facebook and Instagram, there's a different way to use it on Twitter and like, I'm just not a Twitter person. So that's another one of those things where eventually I'll have somebody work for me that can do Twitter yeah, and, and that understands the platform. Yeah. I, I think for me, my problem is, um, I love words. So I'm a, I'm a language teacher by profession Okay, and being limited to 160 characters, <laughs> that just doesn't fly for me. It doesn't work for me at all. See, for me, 160 is too many. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not, you know, if I'm talking, it's fine. But if I have to write the words and articulate yourself so people really get the, the feeling, 160, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not good at that. I can talk to you, but I'm not, I'm not a writer. 
Oh, see, I'm the, I'm the kid that uh, that that started writing a novel when he was ten. Oh my god! So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I only got about four chapters in before it just got stuck <laughs> under the bed and, and, and disappeared. But um, uh, that's I I did try it once. Yeah, yeah. So I I think when it comes to having groups, I think it's one thing to say, look, I've got X number of fans. Mm-hmm. If you've got people in a group that are talking about your brand in a group, those are hot fans. Oh yeah, like they're that, that's the super hot crowd. Yeah. And you've already mentioned that you use them for a lot of product research. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll throw polls up and just kind of – It's an example is our growing brush we just came out with. <clears throat> now, before social media, you would have never heard this story about where a Brussels got caught into a grill grate and got in somebody's food and they choked on it. The kid in Canada, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. You know how many millions and millions of grill brushes are being used? <laughs> the odds of something like that happening are really slim. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, when I first started looking at a grill brush, I was like, well, man, maybe we should come out with that new kind, that the spiral kind. And I said, well, wait a minute, let me ask the group. So I asked the group. More, the, like the people who wanted a bristle brush, the old, the regular kind, was like twice as many as all the other cons added together. Oh, really? Wow. I said, well, that's my answer. There you go. So we came out with a regular bristle brush. I mean, it's, there's improvements to it, but it's still, it's the old bristle type cleaning brush. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and as soon as we came out with it, there was a couple people who said, oh, wait a minute, you got to be careful because a piece might fall off and get in your food. But I'm like, if you think about the millions and millions and millions of these things that have been out for years, how many cases has... How many times has that happened? I mean, I've only heard about it on the internet mm. with one kid or something, maybe two people. I yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's happened, but the odds are are very slim. Well, mate, Ford's not going to stop making cars because people are having car accidents. That's exactly right. So, yeah. I mean, you get bad tires. Yeah. I mean, there's probably way more people get bad tires that blow out than get a bristle that comes off. Yeah. And I tested out brushes from a bunch of different factories the old bristle brush held up better the spiral kind actually broke faster really yep huh interesting yeah, I, I, was I wouldn't have picked that yep i was surprised yeah yeah so if if listeners out there are looking at starting their own group what what tips would you have for starting your own product group um or, uh, sorry brand group you know we did it by just keeping a lot of excitement the problem with that is it's hard to keep that excitement up. Yeah. I mean, when you're in a group for a few years, it's really hard to keep excitement up. So we still do challenges and all. It's So it's now it's a challenge to keep excitement up. Yep. You know, because you just get used to everybody, but you want people to be really excited to be in there. Um, so it just gets it gets more challenging to do that. Excitement and, and engagement from what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we get tons of engagement and all that. And so we do challenges every month. Uh, through the holidays, we cut them out because people didn't have time. Yeah. So <clears throat> this month was our first challenge of the year, and it was a, a skewer challenge, a, a kebab challenge. Yep. Last year, our, our challenges were more specific, like a burger or um, a chicken or, you know, it was very specific on what you did. So this year, it's going to be more broad, like kebabs, any kind of kebab you want to do. Yeah. And so every weekend or every show this month, I did different kebabs. One feast with the beast. Oh, nice! So, um, and now next weekend is leading into the next month, and so next weekend's feast with the beast, I'm going to announce the next challenge, and what we're cooking is going to have a similarity to what that challenge is. Interesting. So there's a synchronicity then in the in the message between yes the content, the Facebook page, and the group. Yeah. We're trying to get it to where it's very consistent that, but it's, it doesn't always work out, but we try to keep it very consistent so the message gets across. So last year when we did challenges, um, just say it was a skewer challenge or whatever, nobody could post any skewer, anything in the group, and I didn't do any. Oh, okay. So then everybody turned her. So if you did it throughout the month, you just couldn't turn it in. You just hold the picture and then we submit the pictures the last weekend of the month. Yep. And then that's when I would do my version of the challenge. Well, this this year I'm doing it different. I'm going to do the challenge. And then on the weekend of the submission, I'm not doing the challenge. Okay. 
So we're just kind of turning it around just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, that sounds so good. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It is. Now, I just want to loop back to something that you mentioned before. We were talking about um, how Instagram seems to be becoming more popular than Facebook. Why do you think that is? Um, I would say Facebook takes, I don't know, I guess they both steal your time. Um, I think there's, they call Facebook the older person's platform now, right? Um, Instagram has uh, young and older. So that in itself, you have more people, so it's more popular. Um, I think it's easier. You know, there's less, like in Facebook, you have groups, you have pages, you you have all these different things. Um, so you're getting content from a lot of different places. In Instagram, you just have one thing. It's one feed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's one feed. Um, and it's, I guess it's just not as deep in, entailed on, 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 on the engagement, but there's a lot of engagement. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know. I don't have the, <laughs> I really don't have the answer. I'm trying to figure it out too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I find personally, I get, um, I get probably more likes mm-hmm. on a post in Instagram than I do on Facebook, but I get more actual engagement on Facebook. So there's more conversation, more dialogue, more, more interaction with the posts on Facebook than on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, so um, when it comes to that, I'm getting better at the Instagram now. So my engagement on Instagram is getting really hot. Oh, interesting. I'm like excited about that. Yeah. And so that makes me want to post even more. Right. So like, I mean, I have posts for the last few days that are getting like 20 and 40 comments. Oh, wow. That's really good for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, now we would get, and that's like my own content too, like my own pictures. Yep. So that makes it even better. So like on Facebook, um, we almost exclusively used the group's pictures and stuff like that. Some of them would take off and some of them wouldn't. But um, but now I'm really focused on just my content. Yeah. And it makes it more authentic too. Interesting. So what you, you've said that your engagement is, is getting hotter and hotter. What, what tips do you have for people who want to, uh, who want to follow in your footsteps and in, increase their engagement on Instagram? You know, really, you just, you just got to really practice on your photography. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, and I, as I use this iPhone, that's it. Um, and so I've just really, I pay attention to how to take pictures of food, you know. Um, I'm really, I'm starting to work with the stories. So I'm not really good at those yet, but I know I have to be. So I'm grinding down and figuring it out. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, it's all part of the trial and error process, isn't it? Just tweak this, tweak that, tweak that. Yeah. And I should have been doing stories a long time ago, but you know, you kind of like, um, you know, I'm comfortable doing all this other stuff on Facebook, the live feeds and all that. Yeah. I don't really know what to do with that yet. So, um, so I should have been doing it a year ago. Yeah. But, you know, it's never too late. Yeah. A lot of that to me reminds me of having the plates spinning on the poles in the air. And it's like, and and then Instagram introduces stories and you're like, oh, crap, now there's another plate on a stick. And then they introduce IGTV and there's another one. (laughs) Yeah. So the IG, we were talking about that earlier, the IGTV. I have like tons of content. All I have to do is edit it and stick it in there. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's going to work out pretty good, I think, for us. Yeah, I've, I've started doing that as well. And I've noticed that um, I'm guessing the Instagram algorithm right now mm-hmm. is really pushing those IGTV because yeah. the IGTV is getting a hell of a lot more traction on Instagram than my mm-hmm. standard posts in my standard feed. So, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And I've noticed more uh, IGTV posts when I'm looking at and studying what people are doing. But somebody brought this up to me the other day and they told me I need to do the stories on Facebook and Instagram. Because the platform looks at all the things you do. And when you have somebody doing stories, live feeds, posts, groups, everything, they're saying, that guy gets it. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to get his stuff out. Gonna there. Push we're going to push him. Yeah, yeah. So that's, once I heard that, I was like, that really makes sense. Mm. So now I'm even more uh, geared to get my stories in place. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the big question then has to be, what is the key to converting sales using social media? It's Ooh. like it's it's all good to, to to build a brand to build followers. What's the key to turning followers into customers? So that is um, that's been a big learning curve too. But 
you have the way I look at it, and I have to keep reminding myself, even when I first started on the internet, my entire website was there to help people. It wasn't to make sales. And so your content has to be more about helping people than making sales. And so um, it goes along, you know, you, you help people enough and they, they start paying attention and then they will go to your website. And if you have a sale, when you mention a sale or you mention a product, then they're more um, relaxed because they know you, they know you're not just trying to sell them stuff all the time. So right now that's where I'm at with that. I haven't, I haven't made, I'm, See, I never feel that I'm doing all of it good enough. I know it can all be done better. So I just, I see like tons of improvement I need to make. Yeah. 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 So it's the old adage of, um, you know, uh, solve a problem. Yeah, it is. It's, you're solving problems. Yeah. Try. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Charcoal is a leader in the barbecue scene. Whether it's sponsoring festivals, supporting teams, or supplying fuels for your backyard cookouts. Their charcoal burns clean and hot and is also sustainable, renewable, eco-friendly, and 100% natural. Aware of their global responsibilities as an industry leader, their charcoal is made from an invasive species that is destroying valuable farmland in Namibia and Botswana. Clean Heat Charcoal empowers those African communities by offering employment opportunities to the locals they wouldn't otherwise have. There is also the benefit of returning the local ecosystem to a state of balance, benefiting the local farmers and their communities. It's easy to see why it's the fuel of choice of top competitive teams such as the Smoking Joint, Suck Knuckle Smokers and Smoke and Steel. With distributors nationwide, follow Clean Heat Charcoal on Facebook and Instagram to learn more. Dave, we're in segment three now. I'm going to throw 10 quick questions at you and you're going to give me one word or one sentence answers. How does that sound? It sounds good. All righty. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting you on the spot <coughs> under pressure. All right. So number one, brisket, fat side up or down? Fat side down. Chicken, breast, wings or thighs? Thighs. Pork ribs, St. Louis, baby back or spare? Uh, spare ribs. Interesting. Uh, sauce, on the meat or on the side? Uh, meat at the end and I chart a little bit. Interesting. Sort of get that caramelization yep. on the, on the sauce. Yep. Oh, delicious. What's your nemesis cut? So the hardest thing for you to cook? Oh, I don't think there is anything that hard to cook. Interesting. So you've, you've had lots of practice of, uh, of lots of different things then. Uh, I just think, um, if you, if, it, if it's a new cut of meat that you haven't done, um, it's too easy to get the information on how to cook it and you just be patient. Cool. What's one tip or trick you wish you'd known sooner? About food? Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Excellent. The future, what do you think is going to be the next trend in barbecue? <laughs> Other than exotic Louisiana foods. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the next trend for us <laughs> is exotic foods. Um I don't know. Other than, I mean, I like the exotic food uh, answer, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> it's something different. Uh, you, not everybody can get it in their grocery stores. And um, and that's why that's a new bit. That's our new business, you know. So exotic foods. Beautiful. Beautiful. Pellet grills in competitions, yay or nay? Sure. Why not? And if there were a fantasy barbecue league, who would you choose for your team? Hmm. I would choose... Um, so fantasy barbecue team, I'd have Bobby Flay. Um, even though he's, he does barbecue, but he's not really a barbecue guy, but he's talented. I would use Gavin Job that, uh, he won chopped. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Jason Willigen. Um, uh, Nate Cantu. Those guys are in my group. Um, right now, those are those are people at the head of my list. Sounds good. That's a good team. Yeah, that's a good list. No, nice. it is. And there's, I and I love that you're drawing back from the group again yeah. too. No, like Jason, he's great. Um, he 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 develops his own seasonings, and he's like really passionate about it. Um, 
Nate, he just does all kinds of cool stuff, you know. And <laughs> I don't know. He just kind of stuck in my mind. And there's like tons of other. I feel bad for not mentioning everybody, but you know, you can't. I can't think of everybody's names. <laughs> and we can't fit thirty six thousand people no, into one barbecue cannot. team, <laughs> right? Exactly. You can't. You can't. So that's, awesome. that's a good team there. Awesome. Well, look, man, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there. And I want to say thanks again very much for having me in your home, for bringing me into the Grill Beast backyard. As I said at the top of the interview, it's really exciting to actually be here where right. the, where the uh, videos have been shot. And thank you for sharing your knowledge, for sharing your passion with uh, myself and the Smoke and Knock Confessions audience. Hey, man, thanks for coming. And remember, you're invited to the Crawfish Bowl Sunday. I'm, I'm going to be there. All right. you, you can count we're on set. that. And there you have it, family, a detailed history of a powerhouse barbecue brand and also an in-depth lesson on how we can do the same. Huge thanks to Dave for taking time out of his busy operation to be on the show and, of course, for that incredible meal of crawfish and Bloody Marys. If you're listening from the States, you can grab everything you need to do that on his website and if you're listening from around the world, you can grab the crawfish seasoning and Bloody Mary mix. I highly recommend them both. Before I let you go, I want to remind you about our killer merch lineup, the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook, and if you have a minute, it'd really help me out if you could subscribe, rate, and review the show. The ratings and reviews trigger the algorithms and make Apple distribute the podcast further and wider, so they are really important and very much appreciated. And that's the end of the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.